All right, last fuse. This is, uh, it's, it is crazy. Like, I think that some of us have, you know, felt like, man, this school year is dragging along. For me, it feels like we just kicked off fuse for the fall like a couple weeks ago. And so I don't know if you're like that or if you're just like so ready for school to be over. So it feels like it's dragging. Whatever the case, glad you're here. Um, man, I will say just so thankful for uh, the volunteers that show up week in and week out, and the production team that shows in week in, week out, the band that shows up uh, week in and week out. Can you guys just show your appreciation to the people that have given their time? <laughs> Seriously. The, uh, like, when I was growing up, youth group didn't look like this, and so uh, I, I am so thankful for everyone uh, that does everything to pull this off. Uh, so as we take a break for the summer, we'll look forward to the fall. We'll be back. I thought it was funny. Um, Ever was saying, you know, hey, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, you know, see some people back or, you know, maybe not. And it sounded for a second like he was saying, Mel, you, you know, maybe married, maybe not. And I was like, I'm pretty sure she's getting married. I just want to make sure that's clear. Like there's no, the proposal has happened. She said, yes, there's a date, there's decorations, there's things. The, the, the wedding's happening, so, you know, but also, you know, you grow up and, you know, some, you know, you take new jobs and you move and you do new things, and that's just kind of the nature of being an adult, so anyway. Um, well, we have been in a series called Only the Young, and we're really just talking about uh, Paul's relationship to Timothy, or a discipler to someone being discipled, someone older and wiser and more experienced uh, pouring their life out for someone that's not really gotten there yet and that could use uh, help on the next couple steps in life, especially with their spiritual life. Remember, Paul uh, was off planting churches, and so he would plant, and then he would set up leadership, and then he would go plant uh, again. And so I guess if, if, if I were Paul and it was youth ministry, I would, like, right about now have said, like, all right, you guys take it over, and I'm going to go start another youth ministry somewhere. And then two years down the road, I would start another youth ministry somewhere. And that was just kind of Paul's life. And some people have that gift. But Paul said, hey, Timothy, I really want you to stay back in Ephesus because there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And so um, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about um, through the whole series is the toughest thing about being a teenager, the toughest thing about being a Christian, and then more specifically tonight, the toughest thing about growing as a teenager spiritually, the toughest thing about growing spiritually. Now, I've had you guys come up and kind of write your little answers. We're not going to do that tonight. Uh, don't have just a ton, a ton of time, and I'm not even necessarily going to have you answer, but if you just had an answer just kind of in your own head, it might be something along the lines of, here's just what I've heard left and right from teenagers ever since I started youth ministry, ever since I was in youth ministry as a middle schooler, high schooler. It's that the Bible is hard to understand. Um, it is hard to stand up for my faith in times where everything seems like, which way am I supposed to stand? Which way am I supposed to believe? Um, you know, I have friends that don't believe the same thing that I do, and so it's kind of hard you know, to grow in my faith when I'm not around Christian friends. Um, but I thought about it like this. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are walking away from their faith. So if I can just have your attention for just a second, this is like one of those very important moments that I hope you can lean in and just kind of listen and hear my heart. Um, first of all, we want Fuse and we want our student ministry, Life Bible on Sunday mornings, camps, retreats, everything that we do to point you towards Jesus 
Um, and we want to be really careful with that because we know that you're in a you know, funny little season of everything's changing, nothing is the same as it was yesterday um, in your own self and in the world around you. Uh, and so, yeah, being a teenager is, is tough now, and it's, and it's always been tough. Some would say it's tougher now than it ever has been. But I don't ever want you to feel, when you come to this church, that our expectation is that you're perfect. I don't ever want you to feel that if you haven't hit a certain level, that we're disappointed. I don't want you to ever feel, if you miss a Sunday, if you miss a Wednesday, if you miss a camp, that we're just like, oh, they're not even really a part. You know, I don't ever want you to feel that way. And I think what ends up happening is sometimes as much of pressure there is to do worldly things on, on outside of, of church, inside church, sometimes there's pressure to behave a certain way, act a certain way, show up a certain time, and all those kinds of things. And I want to make sure that you know from my heart, our only goal is just to help you take the next step, whatever that looks like. Now, if you decide to never take a step, uh, a next step in your faith, then that would just be called like not growing. And I would say that's not the best plan. If that happened in your own physical self or in your like, what if you said at third grade, like, no, I think I'm good. No more knowledge. Could you imagine what you would do with your third grade brain for the rest of your life? Just imagine with me. I can't believe you're not giggling right now because I'm like, well, candy, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, paintball would be my job. Um, you know, I'd be on YouTube all day. Like all these kinds of, like a third grade brain would probably say like, well, if I can just do whatever I want. But we don't do that. That's laughable to us. But why is it laughable? Why is it optional to grow in our faith? So I, I do want you, there's, there's a healthy pressure that we want to give you. Just a little bit of healthy pressure to help you realize that growing does, does matter and it is helpful. I thought about it this way. There's a couple things um, that I was very close to giving up on when I was a high schooler that I'm glad I didn't give up on, okay? Uh, now, those of you, anyone in the room older than 16? I know we have a few. Okay, so, um, really? Um, so, Gary, have you ever driven a stick shift? Not yet. Um, so the first time I drove a stick shift, it didn't go well. Um, it didn't go well because my dad was in the car. I was driving my dad's car, and it was a very nice car. Um, and he decided to teach me in his nice car how to drive a stick shift. It didn't go well. Anyone else get that, like, lesson on how to drive a stick? And you're just like, I never want to do this ever again. So you actually have, okay, yeah? So I actually, Samantha, uh, that works upstairs with, uh, with kids, she said, I asked my parents to return the car that they got for me because I tried to drive stick and it didn't work. And I was just like, I don't want this car. And I'm like, whoa, you know, that's crazy. Um, I didn't want to drive stick, but I figured it out. Um, I figured it out and I'm glad I didn't give up on it. Um, I wrote something else down here. I was super, super scared to ride roller coasters for a very long time, like way too long. All my friends were riding roller coasters, and they were like, hey, come on, it's going to be great. And I'm like, I believe you from right here down on the ground. I will trust you, and I'll watch you, and I'll miss out, and I will be perfectly fine. Anyone else there? Like, is, who has, let me just, who's, I don't know, are we going to Six Flags and stuff these days? Are you guys, like, all in for roller coasters? Who's like, no, 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 super not interested in roller coasters? 
super not interested. Yeah, a couple of us. I remember, man, I was like, why, is, why am I somehow not able to get over this hump? And then I rode a roller coaster for the first time. And honestly, the first time you ride a roller coaster, someone kind of has to make you, right? Anyone ever have that moment where your parents like, it's going to be <laughs> this whole row. So, and maybe your parents like, I will give you $10. I will buy you the biggest cotton candy thing or whatever. And there's this convincing and then I just, just to give you kind of perspective on the parent side, we're like 99% sure it's going to go well. <laughs> like 99% sure. Or this kid's going to have some very expensive counseling bills for the rest of their life. Like they married me a kid on a, you know, and it's just, it is what it is. Um, uh, I asked Tyler, uh, Scott, this question. Do you want to know what he said? I'm glad. Is Tyler here? He's back there. I asked Tyler this question. What are you glad you didn't give up on? And you, do you know what his answer was? Sweet potatoes. <laughs> he said sweet potatoes. Um, and um, you all, But you also said football. Like maybe it didn't come natural right up front. No, it doesn't come. No sport comes natural, right? That first, that first you know, game, that first practice. And so um, I remember like... I, I'll just say it this way. There was a kid in our church who went to his first baseball practice, and I witnessed him playing catch for the very first time. And I witnessed when he missed the ball completely, and it plowed right into his forehead. And I was like, that kid's never playing another game of baseball in his life. That's just, that's just what happens when you get hit in the, ba- in the head with a baseball, right? And you're, you're, the kid's looking at his parents like, why did you make me do this? I'm, you know... But, you know, there's things that I'm glad that I didn't give up on um, when I was a kid. And I don't want you to give up on your faith journey, especially over the summer. Like, over the summer is this kind of like, oh, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to eat snow cones. All that stuff is good. All that stuff is good. And you should do those things. You should go see the movies, right? I'm very excited about several movies coming out this summer. Um, but you should not neglect your spiritual growth. So let me remind you of a verse we shared last week. First uh, Timothy 4.12 is kind of the, the crux of our whole series, and it just says this. Let no one despise you for your youth. Remember, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Paul planted the church, handed it off to Timothy. Timothy's in charge as a young guy. And Paul's saying, hey, you're in charge. Don't let anyone despise you for your youth. But set an example for the believers, not just the other teenagers, but for the whole church, all the adults, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. I had someone listen to the few. So we put these messages on a podcast um, so that uh, if you miss, that you can listen or parents can kind of listen in on what we're talking about. And I had someone ask, ask me, he said, you went kind of hard on them last week. Was that on purpose? And I was like, yeah. Like, I really want you guys to know that um, everyone else, especially like on Sunday morning, is watching you. So I want to know, are you going to be someone who sets an example for the church when it comes to life Bible study and worship on Sunday morning? Are you engaged or are you disengaged? Right? Are you taking notes or are you just kind of like, eh, whatever? I want you to be engaged. I want to give you just kind of a gentle nudge in your spiritual growth. So, tonight, um, I have been waiting for a year to kind of unveil some things about 
spiritual growth. Because about a year ago, we were doing a series called Habits. Anybody remember that? If you were in sixth grade, you weren't here for it. Um, But if you were here, we're doing a series called Habits. And my goal in that series was to challenge you guys to participate in some sort of uh, spiritual growth habit Uh, reading your Bible, prayer, um, solitude, going out and maybe just spending some time with God on your own, maybe a quiet walk, right? Um, Maybe it's uh, giving, maybe it's serving. And several of you took that challenge. And what I said was, in the same way that I want you to grow spiritually, I've got this other habit that I want to grow in, and physically, and I challenged myself to lose 50 pounds about a year ago. And tonight, I can tell you, did not did not lose 50 pounds, didn't come close. Didn't, and Tyler's, my friend Tyler is laughing at me. Such encouragement uh, from the back of the room. So here's what happened. Can I just, I just want to, for the next few moments, I kind of want to teach to it a little bit because I think there's actually a, like a nugget of gold in, 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 in my journey that maybe can help you in your journey. So this is less of like a sermon or a message and more of just, I kind of want to talk to you about some things I learned in this last 12 months. And I need you to hear me. Mark's not saying you need to lose weight. Mark's saying, I want you to grow spiritually. I need this road to chill. Cool? Thank you. Um, I want you to grow spiritually. I don't want you to get twisted. This isn't like, hey, we're going to go on a physical challenge together. You know, this was just a visible kind of representation of uh, an invisible spiritual inside our hearts kind of thing, okay? So I learned a couple things. Uh, In fact, I learned six things. Goals are important is the first one. Goals are important. Why do you think goals are important? Why do you think I think goals are important? They motivate you. What else? They keep you accountable. If we didn't keep score in college football, would it be as exciting? No, not at all. Then we wouldn't know that the Buckeyes are better than the Aggies every year. (laughs) Why did you say, I just lost half the crowd. Um, If we didn't keep score, we wouldn't know, right, who's going to win the NBA championship. If we didn't keep score, so we have these goals because they keep us on track and they let us know if we're, you know, quote unquote, winning or losing. And in this sense, there are some things that we need to do spiritually. So what are some goals that we might have spiritually? Well, they're kind of vague, aren't they? Like, I have a goal to grow spiritually. But the way we do that is say, like, every day before school, I'm going to spend maybe 60 seconds praying. Just me and God, 60 seconds, the door is shut, and before I go to school, or maybe as I'm walking to or from school, I'm going to pray. Or maybe you're like, I'm going to to read... I've suggested this before. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's about, you know, 30 days every month. Um, you know, sometimes 31. Read a proverb every day. It's a very easy way to start doing kind of a daily devotion. So we have these goals, and these goals help us realize if we reached our, reached our goal or not, if we won or we lost. So technically, um, if you're wondering how my year went, it was up and down with my, with my physical Health loss, health loss, uh, weight loss, health gain. Um, get that right. Um, it was up and down. So I remember I like set the challenge out there, and then people were on me like the next day, like, "Why aren't you eating a salad?" I was like, "I've got a year, bro. I'm good." And then here we are. So, um, but here's the thing: 
I did get serious about it in certain seasons. And so there was like this up and down thing happening. And uh, teenagers, you may not know this, but adults will echo in the room. Like it's very difficult as an adult to keep all that in check, right? It just is. As you age, your metabolism slows down. Y'all's metabolism is like a, like a hamster wheel just going left and right. Like I remember in college, I ate cheeseburgers and pizza and french fries every day, right? And it was amazing. And I didn't, I, I lost weight. It was amazing. And then there was a day that it was just like, done. And I started gaining real fast. And I was like, what's happening? You know, it's like nutty professor. And, um, and you don't know. That's just a physical thing. Again, not, this is not a sermon. This is just me talking, right? Goals are important. So here's the deal. I set out to lose 50. And over the course, I got like, I got as much as like 30, 35. To this moment right now, I've lost 13 total. So I won some ground. I lost some ground. It was kind of up, and I lost 13 pounds. So, okay, wow, okay, all right, didn't expect that. Because I tell you what, when I got off the scale this morning, I wasn't like, let me slow clap this. I feel good, right? It wasn't like a moment of victory. However, here's what's interesting. Had I not had a goal, I might not have gotten, quote, unquote, healthier. I did get healthier, didn't I? Right? I did gain. I did, I did um, gain in health. I did lose weight. And I did focus more. Not as much as my wife would have liked me to. But I did grow in my health this year. And I, if I can just have all eyes on me for just a moment, if I can just maybe highlight that. So this row right here, thank you. If I can just have all eyes on the hope. Just calling you out. Thank you. Um, here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want you to see these goals are important. And, and here's my, my fear is that sometimes... We set goals, we don't reach them, and we get disappointed, and so we don't set goals anymore. And so I have that temptation right now. I'd be just, you know what? This isn't, <laughs> I told some of the staff today, I was like, I literally in my head this week was like, maybe I'm just built to be 275. Maybe that's just how God made me. And, you know, there's some smiling around. I was like, okay, I feel your judgment, your silent judgment, you know? But goals are important because what they do is they keep us on track. And so if I hadn't had a goal, then I wouldn't have grown at all probably. Because if we don't set goals for things, if I don't set a goal to grow in my health, I guarantee you I'm not going to get healthier, right? If we don't have goals, we drift kind of this way or that way. If you don't have a goal for your grades, oof, it's going to be rough. Because if you don't have goals and you don't have like methods, it's like, well, I don't need to study for tests because grades don't matter. That's how it's going to turn out. So that's the first thing I learned is that goals are important. Second thing, if you want to reach a goal, you have to elim eliminate distractions. This is maybe the most difficult thing. Now, this is not me blame shifting. I didn't accomplish my goal. However, I can tell you that the reason I wasn't as focused was because I took my focus off of the goal and onto other things. I think they were on important things, but they were on other things. As a teenager, growing spiritually, it's very easy to put your focus on other things, and they're important things, right? There's things like grades and friendships and all, all this other stuff. But if we always take our focus off of these other things, they can be distractions. And sometimes distractions are things that are never going to help us and never going to be healthy, like, like binging Netflix for 18 hours. Like that's not a distraction. That's an addiction, sounds like. Um, you know, um, if you're distracted by unhealthy friendships, like there are reasons people don't grow spiritually because sometimes the things in our life are kind of a brick wall 
that we can't climb over. So, what's a distraction? A distraction that I might put in my own life, in my physical health, is like, when I go to the grocery store, I get to, and I do that often. I love to go to HEB and, and kind of meal plan and all that kind of stuff. And I always pass that aisle that says cookies and crackers, right? Um, and I'm like, every time, I'm like, double stuff, I see you. I see you. Are we going to do this or not, you know? And every time, I have that, like, moment of choices, and that's like a distraction. If the double stuff Oreos are in the house, they are going to get eaten by me, I guarantee you. So there's goals, and then there's methods, right? And, and sometimes we put these distractions right in front of ourselves. What are some distractions in your own spiritual growth? Just kind of pop them out at me. Anybody? What distracts you from growing spiritually? What other people think? Yep. Which comparison is a whole other side to this. Like, what if I'm like, other people are getting their goals and I'm not reaching my goals? We can talk about that. Grades, yeah. Which is a good, it's a good thing to be, you know, focused on. Is that a hand? TV, absolutely. And TV is so easy. It's just there. You just click and you're like, ah. <laughs> you know, and you just sit and forget about the problems. Summer, just, just all of summer, yeah. The pools, the activities. Isabel. Huh? Devices, Gary? Relationships? Double stuff Oreos in your spiritual growth? It's like, I can't read the Bible because these double stuff Oreos are all over. Okay. School? Yep. The people you surround yourself with? Oh, okay. All right. So there's lots of things. That distract us. Was there a hand? I just can't see. Okay, cool. Um, there's lots of things that distract us. And so you have to know, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to know kind of what's in the way of that. Can I just be honest with you? The thing that didn't get mentioned, I don't think, is that just like laziness. Laziness is a kind of a state of mind that it's like, I could do this, but I don't have to. And that was my distraction. That was my problem in high school, middle school. Okay, so third thing, let me keep moving here. The discipline is necessary. I don't know that I need to say anything else. Like, if you don't discipline yourself, you can have a goal. What did I say? This quote that's been wrecking me for the last, like, two years. Does anybody remember it, right? You don't, do you remember? Okay, no. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. I can say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. But the system has to match that up. At some point, you've got to have the discipline and the follow-through and the focus and all that kind of stuff. So what is your system? Can I just have your attention for a second? What's your system for spiritual growth? Because you won't just accidentally happen. You attending Fuse, you attending Life Bible Study is a big part of that. But honestly, can I just tell you, if you don't own it at home throughout the week, God, you're missing such a huge component of it. Discipline is necessary. Let me keep going. We have to figure out how to deal with disappointment. That's probably my biggest lesson that I want to share with you is that, like, am I dealing with a little disappointment? Like, it's kind of like, oh, Mark's going to get punished. It's like, ha, ha, ha. But then it's like, yeah, but it didn't hit my goal. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's just me looking in the mirror and saying, like, why didn't you? Why, what is that? Am I disappointed? And sometimes what can happen is you're like, 
I don't seem to be growing spiritually. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Why don't I believe like they believe? Why can't I figure out the Bible? Why can't I know the answers like they know the answers? And sometimes that can really disappoint us. And can I just share with you? Not going to get it right every time. And I, I hope that in some way that my kind of experiment here, my little challenge, is a little representation of like, okay, so set out to lose 50, lost 13. There was a little bit of win there, and there was a little dis bit of disappointment. I just want to be honest with you. Sometimes we adults can make it seem like we never get disappointed about things. That's a lie. That's a lie. So what is, how do I deal with disappointment? Well, I'm quite honestly like, okay, I learned some things. How can I get better? How can my system get, how can I get more focused? How can I eliminate my distractions? And then there's a big part of me, and I'm not ready to commit to this right now, that I kind of want to re-up a new challenge. We'll see. We'll see. I don't want to involve Carolina Reaper wings next time. <laughs> um, okay, two things real quick. Friends can help. Friends can help. This is one of those things where accountability is such a help. Um, and so when you stay connected with like-minded people that are, if you're trying to grow spiritually and you hang out with people that are not trying to grow spiritually, let me just tell you, you're probably not going to grow spiritually. We've said that in multiple different ways. But it's true. If my inner circle is like not interested in the things of God, then I shouldn't be surprised if at the end of this next year that I am not, not interested in the things of God either. Okay, so friends can help. We either push, uh, people either push us towards or away from our goals. And then um, six is just always keep perspective. I've honestly talked about this a little bit, like the fact that it's like, okay, you did lose, you know, so, some weight, but, but keep perspective. You're a teenager dealing with teenager things. So as you're like trying to figure out why spiritual growth is difficult at times, give yourself a little bit of a break. You're a teenager, right? You're learning um, you're at the beginning stages. I remember when I was sitting in your seat, I didn't get it for the most part. I didn't have the Bible knowledge like everyone else in the room had. I grew up in church and I didn't have the Bible knowledge. Some people are like, well, I just got here. I don't know anything. I'm like, I grew up here and haven't paid attention the whole time. That was just kind of me. And so I, I dealt with a little bit of that. So keep some perspective and just know that we love you and that we're just trying to help every little bit that we can um, so here's, here's what I want to leave you with. In fact, I'm going to uh, give you some scripture here uh, in 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. Just three verses, and then we're going to move on to the next thing. Um, 2 Timothy 1. Um, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And you're like, what does that mean, Mark? It means exactly that. He had faithful women in his life for multiple generations. I don't want to skirt past that. That's not like, you know, a, a big theological. It's just a very practical. Some of you in the room, right, we all come from different family backgrounds. Some of us have mom-dad situations. Some of us had like fostering adoptive situations. Some of us have grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, all this kind. Of, we all come from different family situations. Some of you have families that have been pouring godly things into you. And I just need you to just catch this for a moment. You should be thankful for that. I mean, we should all be thankful for the people that provide for us in our life, but especially those of us 
who have godly, like, parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, just pouring into us, teachers, small group leaders. He's saying, I saw the faith, the faith that exists in you. Because here's the deal. Am I amazing all on my own? No. People poured into me so that I might be able to pour back out. Like anything that is um, godly about me was taught, was discipled. Like someone took time for me. Someone shared with me. So your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Verse 6. For this reason, I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, right? Grow spiritually, like let God take you, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. God did not give you. So you're feeling afraid, you're dealing with fear. God did not give you that spirit. That's an enemy thing. He gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. So if I can just encourage you, right, as you're growing spiritually and you're like, oh, man, I just don't know. I just don't get it. Like, I just went to camp and I feel like I was supposed to get saved and I didn't get saved. I, I, just don't, I don't get it. For years, I was like, why don't I get it? And then I just I, I gave God a chance, right? I put my yes on the table and he, he built me up. But it, it took time. It took years. In my life, and it's going to take years in your life. So just know we love you. We want you to grow over summer. So even though we're not having fuse, we have light Bible study on Sunday mornings, but we want you to kind of own some of this on your own. Okay? This is like Paul talking to Timothy. This is Mark talking to students. Hey, I'm not going to be around you on Wednesday nights, and so it's going to be on you to like crack your Bible open and have a plan. What's your system for growing spiritually over the summer? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you. For the students, thank you for everything uh, that you're doing in our life. Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, I pray that the students in here that are going to take that challenge seriously, that they would even tonight put a couple plans in place to have a system for growing spiritually uh, this summer. It's in your name we pray. Amen.